From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Greetings to you, wherever you may be. You know, I was thinking, I grew up in Southern California, you know, in the L.A. area, and there was a legendary newscaster there by the name of Jerry Dunphy. Mm. Do you remember, does that ring a bell? Probably up here, mm-hmm. you guys didn't know. Jerry Dunphy mm-hmm. was like a legend in Southern California. Yes, the big news, Channel 2, you know, we got our first television, and I'm all we could see is the big news. Was it That's, color? It was not color. <laughs> no. But he always opened you know, from the desert to the sea to all of Southern California. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, we're happy, and we have the technology to go around the world. You so we welcome here yes. to Lighthouse Live. And yes. tonight we'll be talking about, uh, although it uh, pertains to what's happening here in Stanislaus County, uh, these are principles that you need to know about wherever you are around mm-hmm. the world. And we'll be talking about disaster preparedness. We'll be talking about volunteers and how they fit into that big picture. In fact, uh, I just we were in Oregon last week, and fam- families took it's one of those uh-huh. neat vacations, you know, where you just get in the car, you point it. In this case, north. If you want to go to Oregon and you're in Stanislaus County, if you point north, you know that's probably a, as opposed to east. Yeah, west doesn't take you very far. But anyway, we're pointing north. Just, just you know, just we drove up the coast. It was kind of good. That's an amazing thing up there. You know, we talk about disaster preparedness and keeping things on your mind. And oftentimes we have, you know, disaster amnesia. You know, we don't remember the effects of Loma Prieta. We don't remember, you know, what happened in in the Northridge earthquake and, and things like that. But anyway, up in Oregon. I drive up the coast, practically every two or three miles as you're snaking around 101, there's a tsunami warning sign. Serious? Yeah. Wow. A tsunami warning. Wow. I'm going, well, what am I supposed to do about that? You know, this <laughs> this little Toyota ain't got water wings. I mean, I, I guess we're just going to surf that wave to uh, Idaho. I don't know. The water bags? Yeah, well, yeah. I guess we could activate the airbags and try to float. Where was I going with I'm all of that? Sure. I don't know. Hey, anyway, welcome to Lighthouse somewhere. Live. Again, Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and, of course, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Al. Al Ramsey uh, with us as well. We'll be right back with you right after this from The Voice of the Martyrs. What will people be when they hear that I'm a Jesus Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with a challenge to anyone who has the courage to seek the title Jesus Freak. Feeling ordinary? Thinking since you haven't been to seminary or Bible college that God doesn't expect as much out of you? Acts chapter 4 rejects that idea. 
reporting how Peter and John stood before the Sanhedrin and clearly presented the gospel. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. The Sanhedrin respected Peter and John's courage, but they were astonished by the fact that they were, quote, unschooled, ordinary men. You see, when the Holy Spirit gets hold of you, even ordinary folks can become Jesus freaks. For more from the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. And back with you here on Lighthouse Live. Again, Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan. And, you know, just um, listening to that, you know, one of our themes here is, I think, one, one of the problems that we have with the institutional church in America today is we've got this class system going, you know, and, uh, and, and really we need to get rid of those class distinctions. You know, I mean, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've gone to, you know, regular college and universities and also been to cemetery. I mean, uh, seminary. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> did I let slip. that slip? You uh, did. Uh, you anyway, did. It, you know, it really, we get all wrapped in, well, you know, we, we give the professionals the job to do the work in the community. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. No, we don't. If, uh, if if you name yourself as as a follower of of Christ, or you a believer in 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 God, you are a minister right where you are, yeah. and it's your job to get out of the community and do it to it. You know, sitting around and paying the pastor to do it, as a pastor, I can tell you is is just a ridiculous thing, and it's one of the reasons we're in the state we're in. And I don't mean California or Oregon. I mean the state of of affairs. I'll get off my soapbox at uh, at that point. All right. (laughs) Speaking of that, let's check in with our friend Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Brad Dacus. A recent U.S. Supreme Court decision is an assault on the First Amendment. You see, the High Court voted 5-4 to four to uphold the Ninth Circuit and declared the Christian Legal Society's member requirement of adhering to a statement of faith to be in violation of the non-discrimination policy at UC Hastings College of Law. Well, this decision has huge implications for freedom of speech, freedom of association, and the free exercise of religion. It opens the door for the destruction of many private religious associations. Are we facing non-Christians in church leadership? Now, this is absurd, but could be the unintended consequences of this dangerous decision. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. You know, the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has just been kind of the lightning rod of a lot of goofy things, you know, I just over the years. and. That's one of them. <laughs> we'll pray for them. God bless them. All the prayer they can get. Right? Yeah. Yeah. On to anyway, the, more important things than the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And this is so cool tonight because we do, each and every week, dear friends, the Volunteer Center of the United Way's Lend a Hand List. And we are so honored and privileged to have with us this week queen of the Linda Hand list with us tonight, Barbara Borba. And so Who's going are, to recite it by memory? She probably could. And we say, and okay, I, I have to tell you, Barbara, I have to tell you, I tell your, I mean, I know your phone number 
in my sleep, no doubt. I just, I, I, I know I do because I, I, I say your phone number each and every week and we give you your email address and this is just lots of fun. But we just are honored and privileged to do the Linda Hand list here on Lighthouse Live each and every week. So let's just give out these opportunities this week because we have. And that's not your personal week. phone number. No, we just, we just want to reiterate just, that. Uh, that's not what we gave in. Well, we are. <laughs> it, it's your home number, Barbara. I mean, you not, know, we're. Not we're all family here. Uh, well, here, here we go with the series partnership for healthy children this week. The 15th annual Family Resource Fun Fest is going to be celebrated on Saturday, September 25th from 11 to 3 p.m. at Whitmore Park in Ceres. Uh, this free event for all ages is packed with fun, games, activities, prizes, food, family resources, and community information. Volunteers ages 14 years and up, and this is what we like to see, are needed to assist with setup, cleanup, decorations, balloons, refreshments, stands, games, bounce houses, face painting, manage raffles, greet and place vendors as they arrive, and lots more flexible shifts are available between 9 and 5. Volunteers should be energetic and interact with lots of kids and be able to stand for long periods of time. The series Partnership for Healthy Children promotes family unity, healthy choices, and proper parenting techniques, and provides real help for family and families in need. We uh, partner with all of these uh, different cities with the Partnership for Healthy Children, and only Ceres, but in Turlock and all the various uh, cities as well. You've so been we in just, one of those bounce houses? I know that you have, and I those tell are you what, fun. I think we, Mr. Al, I think, but, you know, do we have any video on that? The, by, well, no. 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 Kids in a bounce we could, house. That's I right. I have, but but they it. won't let me work those. Get the two hundred pound guy well, off the bounce probably, house. Probably well, okay. not two hundred pounds yeah. anymore. Well, but not I mean, anymore. We, not anymore. I, I repented very... of being two hundred. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we could probably do a, a show. Were you trying to get through something I there? I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Don't okay. we? You know the Delta Blood Bank is having their seventh annual Dia de Donar Sangre. Did I say that right? Well, I'm was impressed. that okay? Did that sound pretty yeah, cool? It's a good. donor day, and it's going to take place on Friday, August 20th from 6 in the morning. I know some people don't realize there's a 6 a.m., but there is. 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. in Modesto. So what are you Stockton. saying? I'm saying that some people, and we won't mention Pastor Mike's name. Fine. But anyway, the Univision Channel 19 and the Three Amigos Auto Center are teaming up to help save lives in our community with the Delta Blood Bank's biggest blood drive, the public is invited to this special drive to make a critical impact in the community by working together to save up to 500 lives in just one day by donating blood. And adult volunteers who are bilingual in Spanish and English are needed to help the staff with translation services, and we hope that you will step up to the plate if that includes you. People-friendly volunteers ages 16 years and up are also needed to greet, direct, and serve refreshments. That's the part I like when you donate blood is all the sweet treats that you get after. Isn't that fun? Flexible four-hour volunteer shifts are available from 5 to 8.30 p.m. Additional mobile blood drives are ongoing. Volunteer staffing opportunities also available. You know, I was just flashing back, Pastor Mike, on the time that we did that blood drive. You remember, I think we were the only two that showed up. <laughs> it was kind of funny because they could never find your veins. You know, they, they had a hard, the, it, it took them six tries. Ooh, wow. <laughs> it was just unreal. But and I, I won't tell you, <laughs> but you need, 
support this. It, yeah, us, it, you know, it, it, this is really it, a, a cool it's thing. It's a it's a wonderful yeah, thing yeah. and and much needed. And uh, so we uh, invite you to stick with it. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And, and these are located in Stanislaus, San Joaquin, Did you Calaveras. Get my joke there? I, I got just, it. Okay. Stick with it. You Elvis. were just ignoring me. I'm, I'm just going on, on ignoring you. Point. I try, but it's a tough job. Calaveras, uh, El Dorado, and Tuolumne counties celebrating its 56th anniversary. The Delta Blood Bank, a nonprofit community blood bank, blood, blood, blank, blood bank, is the leading blood supplier for the San Joaquin Valley and the Foothills area. We totally, totally support them. And they that. do a great job. They do. Encourage they you really to do. Uh, support them. And, you know, so. I just want to interject here just really quickly. That sounds very exciting. Of course, the way you read it uh, is that um, just one pint of blood donated can save the lives of three people. There we go. So to just donate just once, go down once to donate, you can you have the opportunity to save up to three people's lives. So That's wonderful. It's fun. just great. You know, they need the blood as well as the volunteers. So. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks yes. for, for talking about that well, That's one. good because I only have one type of blood. <laughs> do, do you? <laughs> that, that's good to know. They were surprised that it wasn't red, but... Because <laughs> they was... couldn't find it. <clears throat> red. It's good. Then we have the National Night Out, and I do. Oh, that is such a wonderful thing! It isn't is, it? and we Absolutely. do this each and every year, and we mm. do hope that all of you will get involved in this, no matter where you are. I mean, cities all over the country do this, and you know what? I'm not sure. Maybe the world, and I hope this catches on. Well, but Modesto has won awards mm-hmm. yes. for its National Yay. Night Out. Let's Absolutely, Modesto. Yay, Modesto! The City of Modesto Parks, Recreation, and Neighborhoods Department's Marshall Youth Center is going to host this year's event on Tuesday, August 3rd from 5 to 8 at the Marshall Park Center. This free event provides a safe and fun environment for local families to celebrate. It's a block party, and block parties are fun. National Night Out is designed to heighten crime and drug awareness, uh, generate support for and participation in local anti-crime programs, strengthen the neighborhood partnerships, and let criminals know that neighborhoods are Fighting back. Amen. You bet. Volunteers ages 14 years and older uh, can participate in this fun <laughs> event. Yes, Mr. Al, you are included. You qualify, Al. From 4 <laughs> to 8.30 and uh, with setup, cleanup, face painting, chalk art contest, and assist the MC with the evening's entertainment coordination. The Neighborhood Center at Marshall Park is a joint service facility that includes a fire station. Yay. Bill, you're in there. Right on. And police and parks, recreation, neighborhoods, department, and a weed and seed program, which we are a part of as well. Offices uh, offering classes, programs, and events to the community. So we just wholeheartedly endorse all of these things. And Barbara, as we always say, if you have any questions about any of these activities, call our good friend Barbara Borba. At home. At (laughs) 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, that's 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email Barbara at bborba at uastand.org. I want to have you read that blood bank uh, let's sentence just, 10 times really quick. And, <laughs> and I'll make you talk about the time that you did with that mannequin at the Red Cross. No. No. Broke the Elaine, thank you for highlighting these great lend a hand opportunities. There's always stuff going on. And there are so many more and we just, uh, you know, we, we try to cover as many as we can each week, Barbara, and it is just a privilege and a thrill to do that because it is a wonderful opportunity. And, you know, we can't say enough good things about 
the United Way, and that's uh, one of the, the great reasons that we're just uh, pleased to have you you guys here with us this week and each and every week, actually. So uh, glad to have you here tonight. We're going to get to some fun stuff in just a moment. You know, we have a family who was formerly homeless, uh, got with ABC Today, and they described it to us as climbing out of a hole. Okay, Dad is now being trained for a job. Amen. We're just we're glad about that. And what they need are two twin beds for the kids. So if you happen to have two twin beds or a twin bed to donate, get a hold of us and we will connect uh, this family with some beds that they need. Um, that would be a great thing. That would be a wonderful way for you to love these neighbors. And friends, refrigerators. Oh, my goodness. Mm. A huge need right now. If you happen to have an extra one lying around, and we do ask that it works, okay, and that it is clean, just like you would like to receive it, please let us know, and we can uh, hook you up with that opportunity to uh, donate that. Air conditioning units for keeping cool for those who cannot keep themselves cool right now in the heat and the heat that's on its way. Those triple-digit uh, temperatures are back on their way soon. We just know they're coming. Uh, those two are needed. We need bicycles, uh, an alternative transportation for job search, lots of needs for bikes, mostly men's. Uh, oh, and washers and dryers, uh, household goods and appliances. Give us a call here at uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities, our phone number, 209-544-9571, and we will uh, make those connections. That's what we do here at ABC. You know, the, the refrigerator need is uh, oftentimes much more than just mm. keeping food cold. Yes. Uh, for a lot of people, it's a matter of keeping their medicines you know, at the right temperature and stuff. So you have you have a refrigerator that you're not using much, maybe in the garage or whatever. Please, we do ask that you make sure it's working and it's in a clean condition, as Elaine says, the way you would like to receive it, and we can put that to work for you. Well, we are honored at the round table tonight. Absolutely thrilled, actually. In our presence, we have former fire chief, now retired, but we are very much active. We keep reviving him and bringing him back. We're just not <laughs> going to let bad. him stay retired too long. <laughs> Chief William, or we affectionately call him Bill, uh, just an honor to have you here with us tonight. And we thank you for carving out time to be with us, Bill. I'm glad to be here. Uh, really glad to be just here. Just thrilled to have you here with us. And uh, Queen of Linda Hand, as we've said, <laughs> Barbara Borba is here. But we have CEO. Uh, of the United Way. <laughs> Ms. Francine DeCiano joins us as well, and uh, uh, Director uh, uh, of, of the United Way is here with us as well, uh, Program Director Barbara Borba. We just want to welcome you ladies and thank you all for joining us. Partnership is what we thrive on here at ABC. We have so many friends and partnership, and it's relationship, as we often uh, stress here, that we just really, really enjoy. And so we thank you. Last month, we had, uh, Mike, the extreme privilege of partnering and experiencing with all of these wonderful people, with Mike Wilkinson, Chief Mike Wilkinson, who also wants to retire, and we just won't let him. He couldn't be here with us <laughs> today, know, but we miss him. Fire chiefs never retire, no. do they? Yeah, well, no. you should talk. Yeah, <laughs> Chief, you all may know. 
know him as Pastor Mike, but we know him as a different name. We call him Chief. That was so cool so. <laughs> to hear that at uh, the ICS 200 training that we, we took part in. We also partnered with the Red Cross and also our good friend, Dale Butler, who chairs the LACC, mm-hmm. the Latino wow. Emergency uh, Communication Council. Wonderful, wonderful time. Also, the wonderful people at 211 was there. Mm-hmm. I just can't say thank you enough. So with that... Uh, We just want to open this up and share with the world tonight why we're here. Because, you know, doggone it, we don't want emergencies to happen. We prepare for these things and hope that they never do. But, uh, you know, back to the ICS and and, and all of that, let's kind of maybe Pastor Mike and, and, and Chief Bill set this up because you guys know why this stuff had to be invented and, and, and kind of brought to the forefront and, and, and kind of um, birthed in the first place. And Pastor Mike, um, you I'm were really not this. that old. I well, don't know no, why well, there, these <laughs> vicious rumors you, you, around. I've always looked up to him. I was just you, a you, child you whenever I was. You kind of deserve this. But you guys share so much. And we probably could talk to midnight about uh, your emergency background. But why don't you guys take it away and talk about the birth of the incident command system and what it is and why it's needed. Well, there's a lot of history uh, here as well. Chief Bill Houck, uh, talk a little bit. I mean, you were a chief in Oakdale. You were here in Modesto. For yeah, I started out in 1969. Um, I was just, I was three years old. Um, and <laughs> and I, put, I, I spent 25 years with the city of Modesto, and in 1994, I moved to the city of Oakdale as the fire chief. Uh, I was put in five years there and retired in 1999. Ah, well, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved to Oakdale Rural Fire Department, put in another five years there, thought I'd retired from there. I uh, went back to work and worked for a county supervisor for about almost three years and then was lucky enough to get hired at Stanislaus County Fire Warden's office as the Stanislaus County Special Operations Coordinator, and I did that job for just a little over two years. And I was really privileged to be able to do that. And also, you talked about Chief Mike Wilkinson, who's mm-hmm. been a friend of mine for, yeah. well, longer than I even want to think about. I'm now you're way, telling way your I know. Well, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm not that old, but Mike is. So, yeah. <laughs> And he's not here, uh, so we, yeah, no, but he's going to be so, listening right. to you guys. Yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> but um, in, and as go, coming up through the ranks, I did many positions. I worked as a firefighter, worked in fire prevention. Um, I was the chief fire investigator for nine years there, mm-hmm. and uh, I was a paramedic for eight years. Um, got a lot of history behind me in some different areas, too, and I'm not ready to sit in my rocking chair and mm-hmm. watch the life go by yet. I'm just not there at that point. So I'm was very privileged whenever Chief Wilkinson asked me to assist him in teaching the United Way, uh, the, the ICS 200 class, which we're going to talk about ICS a little bit more here. But what I learned that I didn't know was is that, uh, that Pastor Mike was one of the ones who worked on the initial uh, putting it together and getting it going in the state of California. So uh, you've yeah, got my no, history. N- now I want to hear <laughs> yours. Yeah, Chief. Noah and me, right there with the <laughs> ark. That first disaster. <laughs> Well, I remember hearing the word architect, that he was one of the architects architects. of this. And that was pretty cool. These vicious rumors start. (laughs) I don't think they're rumors at all. Well, to just talk a little bit about the framework here for the Incident Command System, ICS, and and, uh, it's... 
really birthed in the fire service, uh, Chief Bill, uh, many, 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 many years ago, decades ago, and used around the world. And it's become known as different things throughout the years. But basically, uh, the, the philosophy is it takes resources, and depending on the size of the incident, it can grow or it can deflate uh, exactly. to to meet the needs of the particular incident, and it's used in everything. And in, in, in my specialty was urban search and rescue for many many years, and that was an interesting challenge. You know, uh, fitting. We finally decided it was a task force. It was. It didn't fit into the the USAR thing. Didn't fit into any existing thing. But uh, you know, the system is something that is absolutely incredible. It can be used in in business. It can be used yeah. for putting on a party, for goodness sake, or a wedding, or a wedding. Yeah, yes, and yes. and maybe uh, Chief, just give us a, a quick <laughs> synopsis of of what the ICS is all about. Well, ICS stands for Incident Command System, and it's a management tool for managing large events or incidents. And as uh, Pastor Mike said, I think that it was it came out of the uh, actually in the Ventura area, if I'm not mistaken, uh, under a thing called FireScope, and uh, was developed by the fire service in the 70s, 1970s, and grew to where now it's not only a statewide requirement to know it; it's a national requirement under the National Incident Management System that comes from the federal government. It's best known for being able to handle large events. Uh, I've took some classes on, there are different positions within the Incident Command System. I took some classes and one of the classes I took was the planning class and the two people that took it were both uh, type one uh, team members for planning and they had worked on incidents such as the Pentagon bomb when the plane went into the Pentagon. Um, the, Judy Foster did, and the other gentleman that was the gentleman that was there with her had actually worked whenever the Challenger broke up over Texas mm-hmm. and Florida. He worked on one of the areas that they worked on. Um, it's it just large, large incidents that make them be able to to handle them. If if you didn't have some kind of a system like the incident command system, events could or incidents could get out of your scope and become to the point where they were untenable. And this actually keeps it within one of the things that we talk about is span of, com- span of control. We try to keep it to five to seven people that, that, were, that answer to us, and then each one of them can have five to seven. And as Pastor Mike said, it can grow very, very large. It can be very, very small. And I think that it's uh, one of the best management tools that I've ever seen uh, that come down the pike. Well, it has, not and it's been used on everything. It you has. know, I mean, we... Uh, the Loma Prieta incident, uh, the uh, Murrah building, uh, the bombing uh, in, in Oklahoma City, New York City, uh, the Twin Towers, uh, Hurricane Aniki in, in Hawaii. Uh, well, that was an interesting thing, by the way. Um, Hurricane Aniki, a couple of years before, I was married in, in 1990. And uh, we honeymooned in Hawaii. You know, it's a beautiful place. We were there for a week, week and a half. And the next time I went there... Uh, was during the uh, aftermath of the hurricane on on the island of of Kauai, and we went up in a in a chopper. And I mean, it's nothing like a chopper, you know. <laughs> not, chopper. I mean, if if I had unlimited funds and any talent, I'd want to learn to fly a chopper. You know, it's just anyway. 
You, but but as you flew over the island of Kauai, it, it looked nothing like uh, mm-hmm. what I had seen before. And as you looked down on the hotels, it looked like someone had taken a dollhouse and removed the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just looking down on it. And it just brings to mind how quickly devastation can come. Right. Chief, and I, I think in, in, in your background, too, you maybe want to address this a little bit. We tend to get amnesia about, the, about mm-hmm. these things. You know, the big 8.0 or plus is coming to California, you know, but, hey, we really haven't any, had anything that big since Loma Prieta, 89, whenever it was. And uh, we kind of forget, and we, we don't think about, well, you know, that happened uh, we're, we're, you know, near the coast, and we're okay here in the Modesto area, but what we don't think about is the, is, is the domino effect. Right. Something happens in the Bay Area, guess where everybody's coming, exactly. right? right? Yes. Our freeways are going to be impacted, and we have to be prepared, and, and we have to motivate people somehow to think in terms of preparedness. And uh, fortunately, we have the gift of the United Way and, and other organizations in this town yes. that are ready to train volunteers and accept them. And, and uh, we'll be talking about an, an emergency volunteer center, which we yes. think is a very Good exciting yes. thing. Yes. That, uh, I may look stupid, but I finally get there. But um, it, it <laughs> talk a little bit, of Chief, uh, Chief, about the, the, the challenge that we have in emergency services in keeping the need and the urgency in front of people. Like wartime, we fight a war, then we have peacetime. Well, we don't need to spend money. We don't need to. We've seen that happen. Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about the challenge that we have. One of the things that we – actually, the federal government's kind of helped us in that situation because they're – if they're going to give money out and they want to be able to help out, there's a certain thing called NIMSCAST that you – requires that you take emergency preparedness classes so that when the emergency does happen – and you want to try to get reimbursed by the federal government, they will say, fine, you've had the classes, we'll give you the money and help you with reimbursement. If that's the carrot in front of the nose to get you to do that, that's fine, because at least it gets people, more people, more information about the emergency response systems that we have. Um, The incident command system is the, it is the management system that moves the people, but there is also all of the hardware, the software, the, the infrastructure, all of the things that have to go with it. And I think that all has to come together under one big umbrella. An incident command system is just the thing that kind of, it's the band leader. That's the person standing up in the front. The, the group is playing to the same tune. Right. Use the same terminology. Use the same language. And once you do that, then you can get in there and, and do your job and do it well. And, uh, but you've got to have, you talked about people coming over the hills. And you, talk, you, you briefly went into it. But you're going to have to have emergency volunteers yes. to be able to accept those people whenever they come over here. We're probably not in the area that's going to get hit really bad with the actual event itself, we hope. We, and that's a good prayer, Al. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but, but we are going to be inundated. We're going to be impacted by the people coming from the Bay Area when it does happen. And I'm not going to say when, but... But I mean, if, but when, but when it's going to happen, because we know it is. Well, of course, in this area, the biological warfare hazard is uh, is a terrorist activity is is a, is a possibility, you know. And and, and we'll, Elaine's going to help us rock out here in a minute. Okay. We got a treat for you coming up in a couple of seconds. Uh, but uh, after after the uh, after the break, um, one of, one of the challenges that we have, and, and Chief, we saw this in in so- Soviet Armenia, we saw this in Mexico City, a lot of good people decided to show up and help mm-hmm. and a lot of those good people died right. you know uh, prior to to uh, well Soviet Armenia we didn't understand crush syndrome right. 
All right, so you, you go and you rescue the person. They've had this piece of concrete laying on their leg for I don't know how many days or hours. And so, you you know, you rescue and you pull them out, and then they die a couple of days later of renal failure. Why did that happen? Well, it's because the toxins, you know, are flowing through the body. So a lot of good, well-intentioned volunteers died uh, internationally in some of these incidents because they weren't trained and because the local uh, folks who were running the incidents didn't have the tools to accept them and route them into appropriate uh, ways to serve. And that's where the United Way yes. comes in with the Emergency Volunteer Center, and we'll be talking about that in just a couple minutes. We have two beautiful ladies we're going to introduce to you in just a moment. Right now, the group Audio Adrenaline nails the heart of the volunteer. We love volunteers, right? And their song this week, it's Hands and Feet here on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back. Flashed across my TV screen Another broken heart comes into view I saw the pain and I turned my back Why can I do the things I want to? I am willing yet I'm so afraid You give me strength when I say I want to be your hand
and feet with audio adrenaline here on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our friends from the United Way and Chief Bill Halk. We have Francine and Barbara Borba. And I'll tell you what, isn't that what we like to hear from our volunteers? I'll go where you send me. I want to be your hands and feet. Is that not what we love to hear, Barbara, Francine? That's great. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we just love to have you here and share with us the Emergency Volunteer Center Partnership. How did it all begin? Who wants to share with us where that well how that was I'll go ahead and start with that Mm -hmm. and traditionally um, you know when a disaster strikes of course there's a lot of challenges that that happen and part of that is managing volunteers you have volunteers that that want to help and and be there for the community and help the community out and in the floods of 97 the United Way was involved in that and uh, helped manage the volunteers and get them placed at different agencies and organizations that need support and people that need support. So um, last year we received a grant from California Volunteers and that was to establish an emergency volunteer center and to develop a continuity of operation plan. And that plan is to be able to continue your, your business um, you know, in the event of a disaster. And then also to, like I said, to establish an emergency volunteer center. So we would, if, um, when the disaster strikes and the volunteers are out in the community, they would come to the United Way, and we would help get those people placed uh, where they're needed most and be able to screen them, get applications going, um, interview them, place them where they where best suits the, the skills that they have and where they're needed most. So that's, that's where we started with our to develop an, an emergency volunteer center is through this grant that we received through California Volunteers and also the history that we've had handling volunteers in the, in the past during disasters. Exactly. You know, that, that yeah. is so much needed. Uh, and, Chief, I, I, I know that you probably had this experience. Sometimes on big incident, mm-hmm. your worst nightmare mm-hmm. is the convergent, the spontaneous yes. volunteer, especially the guy that shows up with chainsaw, a mask and a yeah. chainsaw. Yeah. You know, you're going to, oh, where did he come from? Uh, you know, but I, again, well-intentioned people, mm-hmm. but they can actually inundate and uh, actually slow down and potentially risk the lives of, of people and, and, and also property uh, when, when they're not managed well. And so uh, we, we thank you for uh, biting off that, uh, that huge yes. assignment there. And, and Barbara Borba, you really have the, the task of making that yes. happen under uh, Francine's direction. Let's talk a little bit about where that is right now in its uh, development and, and uh, where we're going. Well, we were so fortunate to be one of the volunteer centers in the state of California to receive this initial funding from the governor's office, and we immediately, uh, I don't even think we slept overnight on it, we immediately found out that uh, uh, Chief Mike uh, retired. So a week later, (laughs) we had him on board consulting with us so that we could speak the lingo and have uh, be able to connect appropriately and to receive the training that our center needed, our entire United Way staff with our two-on-one to be able to provide a needed service to be a help, not a hindrance. Yay for 211. Let's let's talk about 211. Let's tell the world what 211 is. All right. That's one of our programs at United Way. And 211 is an easy remember number if people need food, shelter, housing, um, child care, elder um, help, any kind of support that they need. You just remember one number, 24 hours a day, there's somebody there that will answer the phone and uh, give you the resources that you need in the community to connect you to, to help help things and help you help in your life and, and to better 
any kind of problems that you're having. I want so you to, to know we get a lot of calls mm. from people who have been referred to ABC yes. from 211, a lot of 211 calls. And we really well, we partner well because yes, we, we do, do send a lot mm-hmm. your way. There's, mm-hmm. You do a lot in our community to, to support people. I love the partnership. Love it, love it, love it. And a couple of those centers here in California, right? And mm-hmm. uh, other parts of the country as well. Yes, mm-hmm. there's right. two in one nationally. So even if you're in area code, you know, zippity doo dah, you've got, <laughs> you've got. I've been in that good. place, you by have. the way. Yes. I think you <laughs> grew up there, or something. I was or... probably born there. Uh, so probably. You, but uh, two one one is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, resource, and uh, thank you for managing. Yes. And what an undertaking! Huge. Oh, it is. Yeah. And you know, in the event of an emergency, they would handle non-disaster. They would direct people to to shelters and where they would get food, and and what road closures are mm-hmm. are um, happening. So they not only help people on their day to day disasters, which the economy is quite a disaster, and so people need help, but also when in, in a disaster strikes, we're there to help. Also. And I must say, there are real people who work there, and they are so friendly. I oh, love yeah. them. I talk to them, and and they are just sweet. They really sweet care about people. the people that call. They understand yes. the, the trouble that people are going through, and they just mm-hmm. want to help and, and direct them in the right way. Yes. Mm. Barbara, as we're talking about the uh, Emergency Volunteer Center, let's be clear about what type of volunteers that is for. We're not necessarily talking about uh, the search dog people and, uh, and others who've been trained for a specific. That we're talking about the spot. You know, someone I want to help, and uh, you know, I'm just going to walk down there and, and see what I can do. That's the kind of volunteer right. we're talking about, right? Well, emergency volunteer center is so needed because, like you said, they show up with uh, on the disaster. They've got maybe boots, maybe not, and they do have chainsaws. We've had them drive up to our office uh, the same way, pick up, <laughs> pick up truck with the chainsaw, and you know, bless them. Yes, I mean, That's it right. is human nature to want to help. And you're watching this on on the television or listening to it on the radio, opening up the newspaper, and your heart goes out and you want to help. Well, in order to be a help, the best thing you can do is start out with the right foot. If you just show up, chances are the emergency uh, staff that's working the field, and maybe they're out there at a fire and people show up and they want to help, probably not the best use of... uh, I don't want to say brain, but let's put it, in, you know, it's not the best, uh, healthiest outcome is just to show up. So if you go to an emergency volunteer center and they, in a, in a major disaster, uh, an emergency volunteer center will most likely open in a larger building, large scale, face to face. It also can happen over the computer or uh, a phone bank. But the most important thing about a emergency volunteer center is, like Francine said, is that you have, will know the needs of the community, the needs of the organization, the offices of emergency service, the uh, not-for-profit organizations, American Red Cross, will know where the, uh, the need is with shelters, with food getting out, with sandbags, you know, preparing for a flood or, or after a flood has happened. Uh, and we'll be able to place those volunteers um, knowing what they want to do, what's their ability, when's their availability, uh, what what is their background, and what is their desire to help. So with that interview, with live persons, li- live people talking to the volunteer, we can help them place them where they should go, where they're most needed. And maybe they're not needed today, but we'll know we can place them tomorrow or the next mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And so that way, the emergency responders who are tra- highly trained can actually get the job 
job done without people who are well-meaning mm. but not trained. And really, if they're underfoot, chances are that means that the disaster uh, um, responders are going to have such a much harder uh, job. So it's better to go through the volunteer center to get that uh, job placement and really know that what you do will make a difference because that's what we're about Mm -hmm. is to make a difference in the community where we live. So we're excited about doing this. We're putting it together with uh, Bill is so helpful with the training Mm -hmm. and Mike and, Mm -hmm. of course, our best friends here at Advancing Vibrant Communities and the Latino Emergency Communication Council, American Red Cross. It it brings Stanislaus County, the partnership of all these organizations, together to be able to provide non-duplicated services so that people can get connected because we need to engage the people when they're ready to go. Absolutely. Let's talk about the importance of communication. It's extremely important. Mm. Um, It's funny because my wife and I have a discussion where she works that communication Mm -hmm. can make or break you. And I think in emergency situations, communications are extremely important that you get the the right uh, message to the right people at the right time way the right way one of the things that you talked about barbara was people coming up as emergency responder myself mm-hmm. we call those freelance volunteers and while they're well-meaning mm-hmm. we wouldn't use them because we have we just have too many things that could go wrong so we don't use them we highly suggest that they come to somebody that has a a, a program that's in place like you do mm-hmm. to volunteer uh, to be covered when you're volunteered. You, I mean, the state of California recognizes that they're volunteer workers also. Those are things that are extremely important that I think make your, uh, what you're doing, the emergency evacuation centers and the emergency response uh, for volunteers so much more needed and, and available than what we would have for them. And I think what it does is it frees up the county and city agencies to do best what they do. I mean, let fire, let police, let the ambulance, let them handle Mm -hmm. those kind of emergencies. Let us help in things that we can. Uh, Clerical work, uh, like Barbara said, sandbags, those types of things that they can can help with also. You know, and and America is so rich in terms of the history of volunteering. You think back to the Minutemen, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, who who really helped birth this country. And, of course, Volunteer firefighters have been around for for many many years. Uh, reserve police officers, and right. uh, so that you know we have a rich history. But in in today's game, uh, in order to do specific jobs, you have to be trained. Exactly, you must be trained. And yet, there are other things that you can do to help, Absolutely. even though you're not trained. And that's the value of the uh, of the uh, uh, emergency volunteer center is that you can be plugged into an appropriate way for you not to create a problem, but to uh, be part of, of the fix. You know, Pastor you know. Mike has always said, and he says around here, we're going to respond in the way that we're trained. And I think that's, that's right. very, very important. Excellent. You know, I'm just thinking in terms of partners, partnerships are so important. Barbara, oh, you were just, yes. you know, uh, mentioning several of the organizations that are involved here. And, mm-hmm. and Chief, I don't know, I'm thinking back, you know, 35 years ago when I went through the police academy. You know, police and fire guy, we didn't talk to each other. No. You know, you roll up on scene to a fire. Is the, it still kind of that Different language. <laughs> yeah, the guy, with, the guy with the fire chief hat looks at you and says, man, you run over that hose, I'm going to take that baton and stick it in your other ear. You know, don't be, don't be messing with my fire hose here. You know, so we did. And having been in both services, my, my uniforms used to fight with each other in the closet. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. But today, today we're really at, 
Today we're in a different dynamic. Yeah. You know, the, the partnerships are, are really, you know, what's making things sing mm-hmm. uh, these days. And, and I know that uh, United Way, you see it, uh, Francine and, and Barbara and Chief, I think we're in a different day today, oh, fortunately. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. After 41 years of, yeah. of doing what I've done and the few years, few years that you put in, which was how many? 30 years? Since Noah was like, no, 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 no. A couple of years. <laughs> the, the whole thing, the whole uh, response now has changed to the what we have now. And, and bringing this in with the Emergency Volunteer Center, I think, is probably another step from the incident command system, which I thought was one of the better uh, systems that was ever developed. Oh, I think this is even taking it to another level, and I, and I really love to see that. I really do. Well, and I think, you know, uh, government has to look at other ways to do business and to have nonprofit agencies that can mm. that are, that can do what they do so well, you know, allow them to, to help. I, I mean, we want to contribute to to what's going on in our community, making it a better place. So, you know, the nonprofits are very important when it comes to that. Right. And we appreciate the fact that government is working so closely with the faith-based mm-hmm. yes. nonprofits. Absolutely. You know, Francine and I were just talking earlier we about uh, how special. We have something very – I'm not sure that there are many – uh, counties within our state and certainly the nation, but there's something very special here in this county. We're talking Stanislaus County. Uh, something very special here, and I'm sure, Chief, that you would concur with that. I absolutely do. I've seen, having been involved again with county government, city government uh, over the last 41 years, I have really seen a rise in the uh, availability of faith-based. Uh, it's a word that that i got to tell you, probably 15, 20 years ago, I never heard the word faith-based. Mm. That was, mm. was like, what, what, do you, what would you be talking about? Yeah. Now we almost come to expect you to be able to, to, mm-hmm. you know, to get faith-based response whenever there's a problem going on. The United Way is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the shining stars that has been there for years and is able to lead in the volunteer systems. But you guys have brought a whole new realm to this with the, with the volunteers that you provide and the, the, the whole faith-based system that you provide. It's really amazing to me. Partnerships yeah. as yes. a whole exactly. in the exactly. county. Important. There's, exactly. there's just people just seem to come together. You know, exactly. I guess it takes a disaster sometimes for people to come together, mm-hmm. but it just seems like there's a, a cohesive. I don't. Know, there's something together here about our county. You see mm-hmm. it, all the right. departments working together, all these agencies and 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 people, government and and, and private agencies and nonprofits working together and coming together to to form this. Uh, I don't know, it's a unity. I, it I enjoy it. We enjoy it. It's just it's I think wonderful. Part of that, too, is developing trust. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, I think, Chief, you know, some of this may be the financial issue today. Oh, it has to you be. You know, there's an economic issue here where government's hand, to a certain extent, has been forced. You know, right. we've got to work with the volunteer. Right. Work. But uh, it, it has gone beyond that in this mm-hmm. county. And having worked in other places, as, as you have, Chief, uh, there, there's something special going on there in is. the greater yeah, Modesto Stanislaus County area mm-hmm. uh, and and you know you, you get to know people like Barbara and Francine and Chief Bill and and Mike Wilkinson and Gary Henshaw, Gary Henshaw and, yes. and uh, 
um, you know, Mike Harden and, and our sheriff, mm-hmm. Adam Christian. So you get to know these people on a personal yes. basis and trust develops, you know, and, uh, and so you not, not only see agencies working together, but you also see that personal dynamic going where, yes. you know what? I, I trust Barbara. I trust mm-hmm. Francine. I trust yeah. Bill. And, and, and so we're, you know, it, when it, when it hits the fan, which it does from time to time, mm-hmm. you know, you have the confidence of knowing you don't have to worry about them stabbing in your back. Right. You know, you don't have to worry about who's going to get credit for it. you. Just go out and do the job. We all know that we have a goal. We have a goal, and the goal is the same for for Barbara, Francine, me, Elaine, all of us. It's the same goal for all of us, and that's to get the final product. The the thing that we want to do is help people and provide the service that we know we need to provide. And a lot of times, like you said, with the economy, sorry, it just isn't always there. Now, I would imagine that in the Emergency Volunteer Center, you probably need some volunteers to staff the Emergency yeah, Volunteer why, Center. Why, right? funny you should mention that, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Another nice segue. Really <laughs> yes, we do need volunteers <laughs> to help staff there. that. We'd like to provide training for volunteers who might be interested in doing that. And uh, you don't have to be have a huge background in disaster. You don't have to have a huge volunteer background in interviewing and personnel or human uh, resources, but uh, just if you love people and in, and enjoy working in a very high-paced, um, very active uh, center, looking, uh, working with uh, people of all kinds coming to you, all uh, backgrounds, all uh, talents, uh, just to be able to interview and talk to people and use uh, um, after you're trained, educated um, uh, decisions on how to place people by, of course, what they want to do. And I always say that uh, volunteering is the last thing that we get to choose. Mm. Because it is. You have to pay your bills. You have to feed your kids. You have to do whatever it is you have to do. It's the most rewarding, isn't it? It is. Barbara? You get isn't more it? than you yes. give. You, you know, bet. when, you know, I dr- I've done many volunteer things in my life and I drive by a, by a place that I planted or I drive by a, or I, I see a kid that I mentored or something that, that it, you just are filled with joy. Mm, and that's exciting. what's so great about volunteering. Mm. That's why and to go back to that, that's why you need an emergency volunteer center because mm-hmm. people want to help. And in order to do that, we need to have these great volunteers that are interested in helping connect and engage the people that want to help. And that position is as needed as the people on the lines because it is the person that's going to make the decision to have the, the, the volunteer have that gratifying and useful position. And in our, um, in, to go back also in the, uh, our disaster here when the floods of 1997, uh, the faith-based group that came out of this was the greater Modesto churches mm-hmm. that I worked with daily and we would never have recovered mm-hmm. as quickly, and I'm using quotes here, quotations, <laughs> is uh, as we would have without all the people in the pews and all the people in the community that saw the need. And it wasn't just to recover for that moment. It was to build those houses. It was a long-term Ongoing. commitment. It was yeah. years and years. And Absolutely. that's, I've got the goosebumps right now because mm-hmm. it is something mm-hmm. that even no matter what we have, this emergency volunteer center is really a brief thing. But it's uh, it's years of uh, working with people to have them develop, get their lives back, and hopefully in instances be better off because of the people that helped them, or that the uh, to be able to volunteer theirself. Uh, that's what what comes in disaster too. People that have been hit want to help. 
Well, and, and you, you made a point just a, a second ago, and, and Chief, I, I know that you've probably seen this. The recovery period yeah. from a disaster yeah. lasts decades. Decades. Yes. decades. It, it's yes. not a short-term thing, as you just said, Barbara. Yeah, the rush, the adrenaline, going back to audio adrenaline. Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a great song, by the way. Uh, the adrenaline is, is the rush of doing it right now. And I would say, you know, the, the, there is just a... A kind of a, a natural high you get from from being part of an operation like mm-hmm. that, and with the incident command system very organized, everybody knows what their role is. Exactly. Uh, it happens well, and uh, but there's a recovery period that lasts for years and years and years and years that follows that, yes. and and that needs volunteer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, addressing as as well. So really, you know, whether you're interested and and you're uh, your mindset is kind of the short-term thing, or, or whether you're in it for the long haul, you really want to build up your community and and uh, and see it recover from a disaster or a major emergency. You know, you have somewhere to fit into this, mm-hmm. and let's give out that home. No, yes. uh, the uh, United <laughs> Way. F- <laughs> you gotta you gotta watch. Let's give out that phone number, Barbara. How people can get a hold of you. And that her is my work home. That is my work home. That's okay. There you go. Uh, the volunteer center is uh, the phone number is two zero nine. Five two four one three zero seven. Please give us a call. We can set you up for uh, a longer term disaster opportunity. You can sign on to help us with this. And there are literally thousands of things that you can do uh, right now. And uh, we send people over here to the fabulous Advancing Vibrant Communities <laughs> also you. to help with their multitude of uh, opportunities. And I know you guys have a, a special event coming up pretty quickly. So there's things that you can just sign up to do briefly. Yes. And there's things that you can do ongoing. And ongoing. there's things that you can get your family involved in. What better way what to teach about way? how to be a human being than to volunteer? in the community. Barbara and I Absolutely. could talk to you oh, all yeah. night about Call volunteering. Call us at my home later and yes. talk about it. <laughs> and, and, and we can tell you about our grandkids, how That's squishy right. and fun they oh, are. Yes. Oh, we do that all the time. Saw but you know sometimes volunteering turns into jobs. Sometimes it turns into jobs, and, yes, and that's can. a good thing, too. But that's not why you do it. You do it because you want to help. Well, this hour has quickly gotten away from us. Can we get that phone number one more time? We can do it. Volunteer Center here in Stanislaus County through the United Way, 209-524-1307. That's 209-524-1307. You want to talk to Barbara Borba. And if you're interested in uh, perhaps an emergency volunteer center in in your area, I'm sure she can point you in that direction. Incident Command System Training. Give us a call here at uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities, 209 Five four four nine five seven one. We'll get you in touch with uh, Chief Bill Houck or with uh, Chief Mike Chief Wilkinson, Mike and both of them are out there doing training mm-hmm. all over the place. And again, you, we have our T card system right out here. Right. Chief, uh, you can so use it for anything. I right? saw that. Right. Chief Bill Houck, thank you so oh, much you're for quite being welcome. with, Thanks with for us. Me. God bless you, Francine Diciano. Thank you, Barbara Borba. We love you guys. Okay. Thank you for being our special guest, dear listeners at home, wherever you are. God bless you, and join us again. Thank you.